We experience nothing here on this earth that Jesus does not also experience. couple of scriptures that talk to us specifically about Jesus's oneness with the church. Now that's something that we all know to be true. Jesus is one with his people. The scriptures affirm this. They teach this in so many places that it's one of those things that's almost second nature to us to know that Jesus is one with his people. And so it's easy for us to lose sight of just how stunning of a fact that it is that the maker and creator of all things would make himself to be one with his people in such a way that his identity is so closely tied to his people that if we remove the church from the pages of the scriptures, we would no longer have a God that we recognize because he has intertwined his identity so closely with ours that the two literally become one. This union that Christ has with us, this closeness of identity, begins all the way from the beginning of our scriptures, the passage that we looked at last week, the creation of the woman. If that means anything to us, it means the closeness, the intimacy that Christ has with his people. As the woman shares an intimacy with the man being literally made from his side, so also we the church share an intimacy, a oneness with the Messiah that is like nothing else in creation. So the oneness of Jesus with his people begins all the way from Genesis chapter 2. We come to places like the prophet Isaiah, where Isaiah says, Unto you a child will be born, the virgin shall give birth, and you shall call his name, not Jesus, Jesus was his human name, you shall call his name Emmanuel. His name will be Emmanuel, which means God with us. His very name, his divine name to which he is called here on earth in itself signifies to us his oneness, his intimacy with his people. Let's look at a few scriptures that will help us to get a handle on this oneness that Jesus has with his people. 1 Corinthians 8, thus sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak, You sin against Christ. In other words, Paul says, if you sin against a brother and a sister, it is the same as sinning against Jesus. Because Jesus so closely identifies himself with his people that it's not possible to sin against a brother or a sister and say, I only sinned against a person. Jesus says to us, if you sin against a brother or a sister, you have sinned against me. Or we think of Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus, you know, the story of Jesus as he comes and and Jesus says to Paul, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul answers, who are you? And Jesus says, I'm Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. Jesus says to the apostle Paul, Your persecution of the church or your persecution of the people of God is so closely connected to me that I just simply say, you're persecuting me. Why are you persecuting me? Or think of Jesus's parable 
that he speaks in Matthew 25. We won't read the whole parable, but you know the, you know the gist of the parable where Jesus speaks of that day of judgment that is to come and the goats and the sheep are being separated. And Jesus says, enter into your eternal reward for, and he goes on and tells all these things, you gave a cup of cold water to me when I was sick, you visited me, all these things. And they say, Lord, when did we do these things to you? And Jesus replies, when you did this to the least of my brethren, to the least of my people, you've done this to me. What an astounding thing that the maker of all things would not just bless us, would not just put his blessing upon his people. That's astounding enough. It's shocking enough that the maker of heaven and earth would choose to protect us and guard us and even to place his love upon us. We've talked about that before. Just what an incredible thing that that God would make us the objects of his love. But something that even goes even further is that God would say to us, I now so closely identify with my people that it is, is as though they and me are one, that the distinctions between the two are erased in a real sense, that the intimacy there is so close. That, that should be something. Again, if we can see through the familiarity with those truths and we can see the shocking nature of the God of heaven and earth saying that my people are so closely aligned with me that what they experience is what I experience. What they receive is what I receive. We experience nothing here on this earth that Jesus does not also experience. You know, we, we know it's all true, right? That Jesus understands. Jesus knows what we go through. But perhaps we didn't really realize just how true that is, just how accurate that is. Jesus knows what we experience. He knows what we suffer. He knows what we endure. Not only because he has also endured suffering and temptation, but even in a greater way because the very thing that we experience, he also experiences. And furthermore, he experiences it voluntarily. He has chosen to unite himself so closely with his people that there's literally nothing that we can experience that Jesus does not also experience. That's a truly magnificent truth about the Lord of all things would say to us, my people and I are now one. We are now one and the same. You cannot sin against them without sinning against me. You cannot persecute them without persecuting me. You cannot harm them without harming me. And you cannot do good to them without doing good to me. What a, what a secure place we have. What a place we have in the scope of eternity for the eternal maker and sustainer of all things to say, this is my people and this is how closely they are connected with me. That's a, a little something about the nature of the church because, again, the Spirit uses those things, those truths that the Scripture teaches us about who we are in Christ, who we are as God's people, our privileges and our duties before the Lord. The Spirit uses those truths to illumine our minds. That's the renewal of your mind, Romans 12, 2, to grant to us, to cause us to, to love God more fully, 
to trust Him more completely, to obey Him, and to have greater affection, respect for, and dedication to His bride here on earth.